Welcome to the Be Still My Soul podcast. This is Pastor Ray Brandon bringing daily encouragement to the church. We're in Unit 22, Session 4, John chapter 9, verses 8 through 12 today. Uh, just a little bit of change in format in the Be Still My Soul podcast. We want to take you to the next step and to the next level. So this might be a little bit stretching. Um, you do have the Gospel Project daily studies to fall back on, and that's fine, good, acceptable. We love the Gospel Project. It does many things for us. But what it does is it is a stepping stone. And as you know, steps or stepping stones, you're meant to step on one to move to the next one, not stay on that one. Um, in fact, uh, steps, stair steps or stepping stones. Um, it's one right after the other because they move in a direction. And our hope, our goal is that you will become a student of God's Word, that you'll be able to dig into God's Word, that you'll be able to discover God's Word on your own for yourself. Now, we have to be careful. That is not a task to do in total isolation. Um, you have some friends in your journey. In fact, the goal of the Bible is not to make disciples. The goal is to make healthy churches. Healthy churches are made up of followers of Jesus. That's a disciple. Followers of Jesus. That's a disciple that make up healthy churches. So good Bible study is meant to contribute to the health of a community. Um, and so we do Bible study, not in isolation, um, because you can come up with some crazy weird stuff um, on your own. Um, sometimes we are right, and other times we just we get off into left field. And so we need two communities to help us. One is the community that we're in in the local church, and that's why we gather together in small groups. The second community is the history of the local church that includes those disciples of Jesus, that includes the people in the Bible itself, but also those that have followed after. And so we read the Bible in community um, with one another and with those who have followed Jesus since he walked this earth and died on the cross and rose again. And so we do that together in community. But in order to do that in community, you have to practice studying God's Word. And I use that word practice because I think in the rhythm of study and then going to your Bible study group, um, your small group, you gain some insights that you would not have. Um, you gain some corrections that you would um, not have. You help contribute um, to the understanding of others in your group that they would not see if you did not participate. And so we want to, to take this, this step to the, to just to the next level using the dig and discover principle. So here's what basically what we're going to do is we are not going to break down the passages according to day one, day two, day three, day four, and day five. But rather what we're going to try to do is look at the main passage in your, in your Bible study. So when you open your gospel project and you look at the, the lesson, You'll see um, um, under Unit 22, Session 4, Jesus Heals a, a Man Born Blind, the, the summary of the, the session in a sentence, and then the background passage, which is John chapter 9. Um, now, sometimes the background passage, they list multiple passages there that might present a, a difficulty for us. Um, but generally, the Gospel Project is in one particular passage. And in this case, the background passage is John chapter 9. And so that's what we're going to look at this week, is we're going to look at John chapter 9 as a whole, discussing it not as it breaks it down daily um, in the Gospel Project, but as a whole using the dig and discover principles. Um, so I want to look at just two principles uh, today, and that is 
of reading on the line and then structure. Reading on the line and then structure. Uh, so reading on the, the line is, is actually reading and being able to discover what the author intended. Now, that is the reading on the line principle. So there's, um, there is something as you read on the line, something there that you are to discover the author, the author's intention, God's purpose in God's, in God's word. If you read more into it, if, you, if we were to look at this man born blind and we were to um, add to uh, this, even as uh, the, the nature of the passage, uh, the religious leaders, uh, beginning in verse 8, um, wanted to say some things about this man born blind um, it, that aren't there. And Jesus has a correction for them. He has, he has insight um, for uh, the religious leader. So we don't want to add to Scripture. We don't say more than the text says. At the very same time, we don't want to ignore things that are in the text. Uh, so um, as uh, uh, John Gilfillan preached uh, this past week, and I listened to, uh, to Cole preach at Citygate Church. John was at Northbridge. And Citygate, both of them had uh, difficult assignments in which uh, I think both of them said, you can't qualify everything. Sometimes you just have to say what the passage says and, um, and, and let, let the chips fall where, where they may. Um, and that's very important. Like, what does this passage say? Now, there's a biblical theology in which we look at the passage in light of other passages that speak to the same topic or speak to... Uh, the same storyline um, in the text. And that is an important exercise in Bible study because it shows where the passage fits in the whole of Scripture. And that can lend insight as well. Um, but the, the work that has to be done in the text needs to be on the line where we're not adding to it and we end up in legalism or we take away from it and we end up in liberalism or, or license. And so um, the task of Bible study is um, to stay on the line, um, to say what God says, to not say less, and to not say more than God says. So let's get into John chapter 9, looking at the second principle, and that is of structure. Um, now, in the Gospel Project, we jump around a little bit as we follow the narrative of Scripture. And the reason for this is that it would take forever to get through the Bible uh, in, in order to understand that, that arc of the story. We're already taking three years. And the Gospel Project does a great job um, really helping us pace through scripture. Sometimes it, it skips around, and so in your week you may have three or four passages, which makes discerning the structure of one passage or one book um, much more difficult. Uh, so there, there will be a time in a day, I think, when we will go through a single book and spend a lot more time um, on structure. So you ask, well, where does this particular um, where does this particular passage fit within the book? And this particular passage of the man who was born, um, born blind and is healed is the sixth of seven miracles recorded in John's gospel that witness to a particular thing. Uh, so John's gospel in John chapter 20 
um, verses 30 and 31, uh, they, uh, John informs us of what the purpose of his writing the, the book is. In verse 31, he says, But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you might have life in his name. So, so John wants to show in his, in his gospel that Jesus is God, that he is the Son of God. And his goal is that the readers would place their faith in Jesus as the Messiah, the promised one. And so here in John records, verse 30 of John 20 says, many other things Jesus did, but these are recorded so that you might believe. So here you have something special that's recorded that has a particular purpose. And so you have seven miracles recorded in John's gospel. They witness to the fact that Jesus is God. The first three signs demonstrate how someone is saved um, through the word, right? He is saved through the word of God, Jesus changing the water to wine. They're saved by faith, and we see that in the healing of the nobleman's son. They're saved by grace, and we see that in uh, the healing of the impotent man. And then last, the last four signs show the result of salvation, that people that are saved are satisfied. We see the feeding of the 5,000 that they have peace in their life, the stilling of the storm, that they have light or insight or understanding, the healing of the man born blind in this passage, and they have life and, and life everlasting, the raising of Lazarus. So Lazarus was raised from the dead. Um, he did die again. Uh, and, and, but, the, but the sign was the fact that Jesus is the one who gives life and life eternal. And so here in this passage, we, we see where this particular passage fits within um, the structure of John 9. Now, I've only given you part of the structure of John 9. We don't have time to go into the full structure uh, of John chapter 9. But then we look at the, the passage itself. And in this passage in which you have a narrative, a story, we talk about the narrative arc and scene changes uh, so scene changes. So two things. So one, the narrative arc is we look for where there is the tension and then when things begin to resolve. Um, so tension and resolution. And that, that is one part of the, the structure. Um, there's also scene changes. And that's what I want to highlight today for you in this passage is that um, there's a particular scene change. In other words, this um, passage has a, a structure. Um, first, what we see is the, um, the cure for the man who's born blind. And we see Jesus's interaction um, with the man born blind in chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. And so he passed by a man blind from birth, and there's a question. The disciples asked, who sinned? Um, and what you see then is um, Jesus heals him in verse 6 and 7. 7, he tells him, go wash in the pool which of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. So the man in verse 7 is healed. Then in verse 8, there is a scene change. Now, I have the English Standard Version Bible, and it indents a paragraph and has verse 8 there, which none of those are in the... Um, original scrolls that this would have been written on, but is a helpful indicator in the text. It says, The neighbors and those who had sent, who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, so you have, you have a scene change. 
the, the first scene is the man born blind and his disciples asking, you know, Rabbi, who sinned, the, this man or his parents, that he was born blind. So you have a blind man, you have Jesus, you have the disciples, but then there's a scene change that continues on through the rest of the chapter, verses 8 through 34. And, and that is those of um, the neighbors uh, bef- and this man who was a beggar, who was begging for his um, sustenance, for his survival. Um, and you have others that, that are there. So you have a larger group, and it's a scene change. And so you have, um, and, and you really have a topic shift as well um, in this. So you have first the cure, and second you have the controversy. So you have verses 1 through 7, and then 8 through 34. Um, what structure does is structure helps us drive that reading on the line. There's a purpose that John has for this particular passage um, that fits within in the book. So the overarching um, book has a particular structure, and so does this passage. So as you read today and um, you read through this, you're going to see that there is uh, this particular um, structure um, that you, verses 1 through 7, are dealing with the, um, the man born blind. Verses 8 through 34 deal with uh, the particular uh, controversy. And then final, the final part in the structure, there's another, another change um, in this. It says, And Jesus heard that they cast him out. Having found him, this is verse 35, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? So notice the scene change um, in, in that passage. Now who is it? It's Jesus and the man born blind. In verse 36, he says, he answered, and who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said, you have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. You know, the goal of this passage is that we would see, uh, once again, that Jesus is our only hope. Um, that we are born blind. That we are beggars. That we need Jesus. And that he is our only hope and only help for salvation. Be still my soul. The hour is hastening on When we shall be forever with the Lord When disappointment, grief, and fear are gone Sorrow for God, love's purest joys restored Be still my soul and change Tears are past, all safe and blessed.